You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another edition of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Well, four days in a training camp before I have a major complaint. It's a new record. I'm going to get into what's bugging me in just a little bit. Uh, but before that, I'll let you guys know what's on tap for today's episode. Really excited to talk later on with Sherry Sobey. She's the owner of Generation Green and Acorn Cafe in the exchange. I figured new year, new you, a bunch of us are looking to eat and be healthier to start off 2021. So I talked with Sherry about some of her plant-based menu items uh, to get us feeling a little bit better, at least maybe for January, but hopefully longer than that. I mean, I, w- I wanted to dummy a bag of Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar chips today. But I, I used willpower to hold it off. So if I could do it, we could all do it together. We'll get through it together. Uh, but it's going to be a great chat with Sherry. They've got some they've got some outstanding items if you are on a plant-based diet. Or even if you just want to, you know, like I said, eat a little healthier and, and maybe just switch things up a little bit here. Cheeses, how they get into making their cheeses, poutines, I mean, different drinks, all that stuff. It's really, really neat. So that's coming up later on in the episode. But I mentioned something that's been going on in Jets training camp that I I don't understand. And I don't know how you can be worried about it going into the season. And it's the deep pairings, man. Like, what the hell? I didn't want to jump on this too early in camp. Now, we're still four days in. But, you know, there were some injuries early on. And I know coaches look at different things for the first couple of days. So... I figured I'd wait a little bit before fully pressing the panic button, but everyone's healthy now. And ah, man, I'm just not getting it. I mean, the second pair is cool with Derek Forbert and Neil Pionk. It's it's what we all thought was going to happen going into the season. And apparently they look solid so far together. So no complaints whatsoever there, but Dylan DeMello has exclusively been with Nathan Beaulieu since day one. And Josh Morrissey started off with Sammy Niku for the first couple days. And on Thursday was paired with Tucker Pullman for the first time. Tucker Pullman had been battling injuries. Now Morrissey is with Tucker Pullman at training camp. Now, before I go on a bit of a rant on this, because again, I'm just, I'm at a loss for words as to why this is going on. Paul Maurice was asked about his reasoning behind the blue line so far at camp. And and here's what he had to say. Josh and Tucker got together early in the year last year 
Josh had been coming off an injury and Tucker, you know, first year in the NHL. So we don't know that we've, we really understand that pair yet because we had moved people around and got to different combinations. Just felt that Tucker's finish to his year, the back half of his year was really, really strong after he came back off injury. And that because he's such a big man and skates so well, he can keep pace with uh, the bigger, faster guys that you see in the upper part of the lineups. And then there's just, as you said, there's a bit of a compliment with each pair that we have then in terms of size and in terms of speed and puck movement that we have people that can do that kind of off each line. So we, we're each pairing rather. So we like we like it. We'll, we'll move those around for sure as we go, but we, uh, we want to take a look at this, get them some comfort together. I mean, did last year not happen, guys? Because Josh Morrissey, by a country mile, played his best hockey with Dylan DeMillo. It, like, it wasn't even close. And I assume DeMillo was re-signed to play in the top four, not the Bonham pairing making three mil per season. And on top of that, Morrissey Pullman was a freaking disaster last year. I mean, they got absolutely rocked, and I don't think it was mainly because Josh was battling an injury. They just weren't good. They weren't ready for it at the start of the season. And I, look, I'm not I'm not railing on the players for this because it's not on them. It's on the head coach. Tucker Pullman is a third-pairing guy. Play him on the third pair then. Josh Morrissey, as of right now, can't carry a top pairing on his own. Play him with a good support piece. Like, I just don't get it. And I, I know people are high on Tucker Pullman. He's a draft pick of the Jets. He's been property. They've they've groomed him and, and molded him for years, kind of waiting for his opportunity here. But I do not see top pair defensemen out of Tucker Pullman. And, and that's not a slight on him. I mean, there's, there's like 30, 60 of those on the planet right now. But if you look at the numbers, it's it's just not there. And there, there's been so much talk that while he was arguably their best defenseman in the playoffs against Calgary, I mean, one, that was only four games. Don't Please don't base what you're going to do for the majority of the season off of four games. And two, I don't think that's even necessarily true. He was, he was fine or even good against Calgary. But Morrissey, DeMello were by far their best deep pair. I mean, 60% as far as an expected goals for rate. They absolutely demolished Calgary on the shot clock. And, and they even won the goals for battle. Remove the analytics out of it. Morrissey DeMello won the goals battle in a series that they lost three to one. I just don't get it. And I mean, fast starts are always so critical for success. And I mean, it's going to be emphasized even more so in a shortened season. So why in the world is Josh Morrissey not with Dylan DeMello all camp long? It should have been it should have been that way from day one. Now, hey, maybe things change and <laughs> this looks terrible in a couple of days and the two are together by the start of the season. But oh man, oh man, this feels like galaxy brain stuff. I just don't I don't get why you're you know, quote unquote spreading the wealth across your blue line. To me, that's not the way to go. Yes, Bolu DeMello, if that's your third pair, is going to be a great third pairing. But that's not what wins championships. That's not what wins divisions. That's not what gets you to the playoffs, a good third pair. You need a great top four. That's what gets you to the playoffs. You need a great top pair. 
Is it more important to find out Morrissey DeMello if, if that's going to be a top pair for you? Because if it's not, there's going to have to be some additions, some changes going into next season. So again, I'm I'm just not getting this right now, guys. I'm concerned this is going to be a, a, a thing to start the season. I mean, the forward lines right now in camp, they're pretty much how we anticipated them to be. And, and Paul Maurice has all but confirmed that that's what it's going to look like game one against the Calgary Flames. So why wouldn't we think the same when it comes to the blue line? I hope things are changing. I, I hope we see Morrissey DeMello. I mean, I'm curious to see what they can do as a top pairing for at least five, six games, like just give them a bit of a, a stretch run and see what they can do with the, a, an improved team in front of them. But I am, I'm really concerned. I don't think emphasizing three okay pairings is the way to go about it here. I, I think you need to find a way to make sure your top pairing is as solid as possible. And that's going to be your best bet throughout the regular season. And I'd even get into Dylan Sandberg not being in the main group to start. I don't really get that one either. I get it's his first training camp, but don't you want to see what he looks like against the big guys? And if he's not ready, then you can move him down. I mean, we know what Lucas Pisa is going to be at this point. Even Logan Stanley. I know he's another young guy, but please, I would rather see Dylan Sandberg up against those guys than, than Spisa or Stanley. So bit of a bit of a rocky start for me for training camp. We haven't even gotten into game one yet. And, and that's going to be that that's going to be intriguing how this team looks going into that matchup against the flames. I'm look, I'm trying to be more positive about the jets. I'm trying to avoid the negativity and the criticism and everything like that. But I just, I can't agree with the reasoning here. You want to start off right to me. This is a step backwards before you even take one foot out of the gate. So, I mean, we have a few more days of camp uh, ahead of Tuesday's episode. So we'll, we'll see if things have changed by then, I'm hoping so. Morrissey Pullman, mm-mm, that, that's not going to be good enough. That's not going to be good enough to get top four in the North Division. I'm sorry, it's not. On a blue line that had question marks already, I, I wonder if, if Morrissey Pullman is your top pairing, how many in the NHL are worse than that? Maybe Detroit. I really, really don't understand this, guys. I really don't, and I'm worried. But we'll see. Hopefully things hopefully things change for the better before game one starts. Well, I guess since we're talking about what the lines look like at camp so far, we might as well look at what's going on up front. The top line, Ehlers with the swap for Connor. I, I love that for the top line. I do have some doubts about how the, the second line is going to work, but first with the top line, I mean, Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler were together, I believe, two seasons ago, and they absolutely killed it as a trio. They were, it might have been the Jets' best version of their top line. I believe they outscored their opposition 20 to 11 when they were on the ice together, five on five. And, you know, no surprise with those numbers that, you know, possession wise, they absolutely killed it as well. I, Hey, look, if you want to give Nick Ehlers more ice time, I'm not going to argue it. <laughs> no matter how you go about it. If Nick Ehlers is playing closer to 20 minutes a night than the 16 minutes a night he played last year, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. The second line, the only problem I, I guess I have is just that, I, I have some concerns about how well Connor and Line A will mesh together on the same line. I, I just I wonder if their games are are suitable for each other. But that's kind of the rub, right? Because I think Ehlers and Line A play off each other better. But you know, if you're making the top line stronger, then I I, I guess I don't mind as much trying this experiment and see if Stasdy can get the best out of both players. You do wonder though, just how long Paul Maurice is going to stick with 
the mix of the top six because they're going to need points right out of the gate. Uh, the third line, and I guess the bottom six in general, more of a problem for me with that than what's going on in the top six. I don't mind the top six overall. Um, but again, we're we're not we're not seeing what I think a lot of people want to see, and that's Adam Lowry on the fourth line. Again, it's going to be a third line. You know, realistically, this team shutdown line with Lowry, cop on the wing, and it looks like Matthew Perot's going to get first crack alongside those two, which I don't mind. If it's Perot, Harkins, Appleton, I'm I'm really not going to complain all that much about who goes beside those two. It's more so that. I just feel like Andrew Kopp, he, I, I think he's ready for more on his plate. And he's a better centerman than Adam Lowry is right now. He's got more offensive pop. He's as good defensively. I would have liked to have seen the Jets, you know, throw a little more responsibility in, in, into what he can do. And it's just, we'll, we'll see if that line can get back to where they were, you know, probably since Brandon Tanev left. That's the last time that Lowry down the middle and Kopp on his wing have been super, super effective. I just think it's a way more balanced team if it's Cop Lowry down the middle in your bottom six. And then that, and I guess maybe even more so, you know, my concerns about Adam Lowry not being on the fourth line, it might be less so what he could do as a third line center. But then you bring in the possibility of having Nate Thompson as a full time guy. And I, I you know, Brad Tesh and, and Charlie O'Connor, both of the athletic in Winnipeg and Philly, you know, they've, they've said it best that when Nate Thompson's on the ice, it's a black hole. (laughs) Offense ceases to exist. There is no light at either end of the rink. So it's, hey, it's great you're not getting scored on, but the Jets aren't going to be doing a whole lot of scoring if Nate Thompson is their fourth-line center. He's going to win a ton of face-offs. He's going to be good on the penalty kill. But what did we see last year? Jets just couldn't get a whole lot out of their fourth line, out of the bottom six in general. Very, very concerned of Nate Thompson being a full-time player this season. Trevor Lewis looked good, though, in his first his first audition at training camp, so that's a big plus. I, I like I, I like Trevor Lewis as a fourth-line guy. I think that was a, a sneaky little pickup. It's not, you know, it's not going to set the world on fire, but he's an improvement over what they had. I have no problem with Trevor Lewis being on the fourth line. And even if it is, say, you know, Lewis and Harkins as your wingers on that line, that's I'm cool with that. I, I I like Jansen Harkins. I think that can be a, I think those two can, I guess, form the basis of a solid fourth line. You would just, man, you would love to see Adam Lowry in between those two instead of Nate Thompson. So the bottom six questions will remain until at least the start of the season, or I guess maybe more so once we figure out the Jack Roslevic situation, getting pretty, pretty close to the season now. And even if the Jets do make a trade, they're not going to have that player for game one of the season at the least. And Jack Roslevic, if he stays, even if he signs somewhat shortly, he's going to miss at least the first couple games of the season. So, yeah, tons of question marks right now. Hopefully, I, I just want a resolution to the whole Roslevic situation, whether it's going to be a trade or a signing. And I'm not blaming Chevy for this at all, but I just want it figured out. And I know he does too. And the, and the team desperately does because whatever you think of Jack Roslovic, you know, he's arguably their most productive bottom sixer for sure when it comes to offense. So they either need to find a way to get him back into the fold or move on, grab a replacement, grab a blue line or whatever it is and try to fortify your team that way. 
Well, that's our training camp recap so far. We'll see what happens when we're back on Tuesday, but let's get into the plates portion of the podcast right now. All right. Very pleased now to be joined with the owner of Generation Green and Acorn Cafe in the exchange, Sherry Sobey. Sherry, how's it going tonight? Great. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. Doing doing pretty good. Um, let's just get this thing started right off the bat. Could you explain to our listeners what is Generation Green all about and what is Acorn Cafe all about? For sure. Yeah, no, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. Um, so Generation Green is uh, kind of like the, the mothership of it all. It started eight years ago, and it's a, a retail store that's really focused on natural living. So we have just healthier alternatives, um, you know, natural remedies, that type of thing. And we kind of have a broad range of products, like for everything from skincare to baby products, and a huge, huge focus on local. So we look local for all of the products we're selling. Um, and if we can't find it here in Manitoba, then we start branching out into Canada, uh, into other provinces, and showcasing some of those things. I, I look for really unique products, and I love being a launching pad for many new and upcoming developers, whether they're food or like product like skincare or what have you. And then it was um, just over three years ago when we decided to expand and we moved our location from the Forks Market, where we started, to the Exchange District, which I long loved, mm-hmm. and uh, had this huge space to develop. And so we renovated it all and added in an all-vegan cafe. And that was going to be something a little bit different for the Exchange because there was a couple different coffee shops, but nobody really focused, focusing on vegetarian or vegan. And it was just really in line with what we were all about. You know, I had to focus on what we were putting on our bodies, around our bodies, and now it was like, let's talk about what we're putting in our body. I want to double-check first. Are, are you vegan? Do you have a plant-based diet? You know what? I try to eat mostly plant-based. I've been a work in progress with everything because <laughs> I, I don't really cook. I love food, though. I love eating it. So I feel like I have a pretty good palate, and I've been slowly converting over to... I don't like to put a label on it, though, because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you need to eat according to what you're needing at whatever time throughout uh, your your life. You know, it could be for health reasons. It could just be, you know, something doesn't feel right for you. So I've long been, you know, cutting out things for for a period of time. And now I'm almost at that point where I could say I'm totally plant or vegetarian anyways. Nice, nice. Now, yeah. and, and I did I don't he- think that you have to be that to even dabble in this a little bit. Like, we're just trying to get people to, you know, experiment a little bit, try something new. And so that was kind of our whole focus. Let me show you how you can boost up that smoothie in the morning. Let's talk about (laughs) medicinal mushrooms and putting some of that in there, like adaptogens, right? So that's really what our focus a lot was about. So along those lines, what would you say to somebody who might be, and I have a lot of family members like this, who might be apprehensive or nervous or have preconceived notions when it comes to at least trying out vegan and and plant-based food items? Yeah, well, I'd say, you know, go somewhere where they know what they're doing. There's a a lot, like, it's becoming more and more popular. Check out events like VegFest, where you get to, like, sample different things. You get to see what it's all about. See what the options are. I never knew how good vegan food could be until I got to experience it myself from people that know what they're doing. So, for instance, I have a cheesemaker who has been vegan for, like, 16 years, and she has perfected cheesemaking over the last seven years. 
And so she works for me, and she, uh, like, our cream cheese is to die for. We cannot keep it stocked. Like, we just <laughs> sell out constantly. We we're keep on doing more and more product development. So when you sample something like this, and we, we put it on the menu so you can try it before you even buy it. <laughs> and that's what we're just trying to encourage people to do. So it's like, look for those really good places that are having this as their focus, and then you're going to realize what can be done with tofu, for instance, right? Most of us don't know how to deal with it, what to do with it. Well, let's get right into it then, because vegan fromagerie is is a big part of the cafe and, and your store in general. You mentioned the, the wizard behind the whole process. Can you maybe give her a little bit of love? And if you can, Absolutely. explain the process that goes into making vegan cheese. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so Celine Land is her name, and uh, she is a gem. I mean, this woman <laughs> just knows how to nurture people with food, I'm telling you. Um, so with the cream cheese, for instance, that's all cashew-based, mm-hmm. and it is to die for. We sell it on, um, like, in a bagel sandwich with microgreens and cucumbers. It doesn't need much more than that. It is that good. Um, and it is the one that keeps people coming back. Like we let them try it and they're hooked. They cannot believe it. But then she makes things like sour cream and cheese sauce and the hard cheeses like, you know, smoked Gouda, Dil Havarte, um, some things uh, like we call it Chev, which is very comparable to a goat cheese. Feta, her feta is to die for. I've had feta lovers that try this and say it, it eats it, hands down. Um, so, and she's constantly, today we were sampling a crock beer cheese that she made with a, a local beer. Uh, so it's like a spreadable cheese. It, it's unlimited, her <laughs> talent. Like, she can do anything. So if you have a craving for a certain type of cheese, she can, today she also did a, a blue cheese. Really? Yeah, just unbelievable what she can do. That, yeah, so th- <laughs> I've heard some of the other kinds before. Blue cheese is... I, I I don't even know how you try to pull that one off. Do you is is there any secrets to the blue cheese? I think it has to do with just how it's cultured. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, there is a process. I mean, it comes down to finding the best ingredients, which she's experimented with the the right uh, ratios, and then the culturing time as well is super important. So most of the hard cheeses are like uh, soy based, and um, and then she's adding in all the other stuff, and then we also make um, satan, which is like a fake meat. So, for instance, mm-hmm. we make these pizza packs up with satan pepperoni. Um, today she made a ham, so we're going to make a split pea and ham soup. Um, it, 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 just like I said, it's endless. Her creativity is just knows no limits. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push the pizza thing to the back burner for a second, but we will have to get okay. back to that. Um, yeah. But I did see, and, and speaking of things I've never seen before, you guys have somehow found a way to make vegan cheese curds as well which, of course, would go as part of a poutine package. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So that was one of the newest uh, launches we did um, just in, like, late fall, I think, uh, last year. And that is one that we cannot believe the response. People are loving this. And those cheese curds, they are the perfect consistency. Consistency. Sorry, it's stumbling over my words here. That's <laughs> no, okay. Uh, and then she makes a beautiful gravy uh, to go with it. We cannot wait to enter it into poutine cup um, when they have that again, because I swear people would not know that was vegan cheese curds. 
Oh, I'm so excited. To die for. Yes, you'll have to come by. We'll we'll, we'll set you up. Oh, yes, I'm so happy. That's awesome. Uh, so that, So you also mentioned the vegan pizza packs. Yeah. And it looks like just from browsing your website, and I mean, obviously, with everything shut down, nobody allowed to eat indoors right now. Has a lot of your business shifted towards, when it comes to your food products, freezer sales and, and takeout and things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Our cheese sales have been like through the roof. Like at Christmas, like I said, we couldn't uh, keep up. It was, and then having to shut down the orders was like right now, everything's out of stock. We're just starting to build back up the stock uh, this week. And the pizza packs have been the hugest hit. And we really encourage people to like post their pics of their uh, pizzas. So we are getting the pizza dough from Deluca's. Their double O dough is like the best. Um, so that's in there, as well as their pizza sauce. They actually have one of their pizza sauces is the vegan pizza sauce. And then we're adding in the mozzarella and the pepperoni, the satan pepperoni, and then the directions on how to do it all. And, it, the, you know, then it's up to you to be creative with what you want to put on it uh, in addition to that. But we're kind of just starting out with the pepperoni pizza. But it's amazing. It's amazing. I made it here at home for my family, and they actually said it's the best pizza I've ever had. It's that good. Awesome. Now, and I love, and I wonder why more places aren't doing things like this consistently with these kind of like to-go kits or to-do-it-yourself-at-home sort of a deal. Is, is that one of the things that you've had to almost pivot to since the pandemic started where you need to get a little more creative in terms of of what you give your customers because you're kind of limited into how you normally do your business? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think that most of us are creatives. Uh, we, we're visionaries. And there's the few people, I think, that are like, okay, no cat deal, going to walk away from this. But <laughs> I was pivoting so much, I was spinning around in circles. Like, let's try this. Let's try this. Like, you know, you just have to. And you see what, it's kind of like throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. What's the demand? What do people want and need? And food is something we're always going to need. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, we up the production even on our soups that we have in the freezer. And, you know, thinking more along that line, we're branching out now. And it is because of the consumer demand. We hope to branch out to do some more like appetizers, like wontons and spanakopita. Oh, we got a whole list of things that we're experimenting with. And it is for that reason, because as soon as it's up, it's gone. It's sold out. We also are having to reorganize um, the structure of, you know, the employees and those, um, what their duties are, and actually bringing in somebody new that I think is really going to help us go to the next level. Now, I know John Rush of the Bombers is a big uh, plant-based, a big vegan fan of places in the city. Have you had many other athletes visit your place? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, there's lots of athletes, actually. But John is definitely, he's pretty passionate. He calls Celine <laughs> his cheese dealer. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's a great uh, representative for us and, and uh, for vegan lifestyle, right? But there's definitely lots of vegan athletes. and um, But like I said, it's not just for, it's for people that are, are you, at, one po- at some point or another, you're going to start to have... Um, issues, I think, especially when it comes to things like dairy. Uh, you know, I know that for my own self. You know, I could have it for so long, and then I just couldn't. So there's a lot of people just looking to make changes in their diet. For, and a lot of times it's a health scare or a health, you know, something that 
comes up that they need to start making some changes. And sometimes it's just out of curiosity, um, and then they try it and loving it, and then they want to try more and more and more. But, yeah, John is a fantastic uh, representative there, and uh, I mean, he's obviously not lacking anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole uh, protein uh, question that annoys everybody is kind of thrown out the window when you see him walk by, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many ways to get protein, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, unbelievable. Um, now, what you touched on there is is really interesting because we are seeing, you know, people that eat meat regularly and, and have, I guess, you know, quote-unquote normal diets. You're seeing meatless Mondays. You're seeing, I mean, veganuary. Like, all, all these sorts of things are, are coming into focus more because I think more people are, are trying to uh, incorporate vegetables and, and, and more earthy things into their diet. And coming up in, I guess, just over 10 days now is La Vegan Week, right? Yeah, that's really exciting. And, you know, the other thing I think it is, too, is that more and more people are just becoming aware of, you know, just the environment and the effects that, you know, industrial agriculture has on that. And so they're just being a lot more aware, I think. There's a bit of an awakening here, you know, and you can't ignore, you know, some of the things that are happening. And I, that's a huge one for a lot of people that, you know, or just animals in particular, right, and their love of animals. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another huge component as well. But La Vegan Week, yeah, we, there's like over 20 restaurants participating, so... That just shows you, too, that the demand is rising, right? And that they can have these types of things. And VegFest coming to Winnipeg, I think it was three years ago or four years ago, um, really, I mean, I couldn't believe the turnout there. Uh, We were one of the sponsors for every year that it's been there. And, pardon me, and the turnout is absolutely amazing. And the education that they give um, on fights, like there's different... uh, seminars and whatever that you can attend, but it's absolutely crazy. So they're the ones that are putting on uh, La Vegan Week, and I know there's myself and two others in the exchange, anyways, that are participating, and I'm excited to see, because everybody's entries are getting posted on Instagram now, and uh, so it's uh, it's just really exciting. We're going to announce ours tomorrow, but I can tell you what it is. (laughs) Oh, yes, perfect. All right, let's hear it. (laughs) So we're going to be doing, like, because the theme is comfort food. Ooh. And I don't know, like, for me, comfort food would be grilled cheese and a big bowl of tomato soup, cream of tomato soup. So we're definitely pulling out the dill havarte, and we're going to be making the ooeyest, gooeyest uh, grilled cheese sandwich. And, uh, and then you can get it with a side soup as well. And that and that's going to be available for takeout, I guess, during that week? Yeah, yeah, everything's only for takeout right now. Okay, hey, that's that's fine with me. I I, I really hope people do give it a, you know, all, your your place and all the places out there. Just go in with an open mind, and you'll be surprised at at how delicious everything is. But the grilled cheese is uh, <laughs> it's one of those rare things that a lot of places struggle with. But by the sounds of it, it looks like you guys have it totally nailed down. Oh yeah, that's a big one for us. We used to have it on the menu, and it just became like just too labor intensive because. There was such a demand oh. for it. So it was like, okay, we, you know what? That one's only coming out for special occasions. We did it for Valentine's Day last year, and we thought we'd pull it back out again for for this one. But then we tell people, okay, so now we'll give you all the stuff, and you can go home and make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I'm really excited for that. That's going to be fun, about 10 days from now, so make sure everyone, yeah. again, check it out. Uh, now, for we sure. should – we'll get back to the food in just a second here. Um 
But I did see this on, I believe it was on your Instagram page. You guys are the winner of Hot Beverage Week in the exchange, right? Yeah. My wife made my wife made sure I, I mentioned this to you guys. <laughs> that was so fun, too. We love Hot Beverage Week. This is our second year participating. Last year we came in second, so this year to come in first was uh, <laughs> just Really, really exciting, especially because of just the way things have been. I don't know. We were just super excited about it. But, to, you know, another one that's uh, difficult to, to find, you know, the vegan eggnog and then adding gingerbread in it. And uh, uh, it's just so good. It's <laughs> so good. And then, you know, vegan whipped topping as well. No dairy in there. And it's delicious. So we decided since we won, we were going to extend it. And you can still get it this month. <laughs> Per, and it was the gingerbread eggnog latte, right? Correct. All right, yeah, my wife's already booked an appointment for me to come down sometime <laughs> tomorrow. And, and look, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we need, I mean, we have a newborn right now, so any kind of coffee product is basically <laughs> mandatory. <so> yes. <laughs> now, speaking of that, I did, you did say this earlier on. Do mm-hmm. you have any baby products in your store that will help newborns sleep a little bit? Do you have anything like that? <laughs> Yeah, good luck. Yeah. That's just to parenthood. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but I can set you up with some good bubble bath, okay. baby lotion, yeah. diaper cream, all that. Yeah, if the wife's <laughs> if the wife's comforted and happy, that's about as good as we're going to do right now. That's about it. But congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Just a rough couple days. Everything else has been good. It's been a rough couple days though. Uh, so one last one here for you, Sherry, before we go, and I'm I'm really interested. And what your answer is going to be, especially when we just talked about your comfort food choice. Uh, But we ask all our guests here this question to close things out. And with game one of the Jets season coming up next week, it's it's even it holds even more importance. But what would Acorn Cafe's ideal game day meal be? Oh, game day. Oh, well, it's got to be poutine. (laughs) Nice, nice. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, really, right? That's like our or or we make a mean nacho dish too. Yeah, not, not loaded nachos with our sour cream. Oh yeah, I love it. And our cheese on top. We cheese sauce, jalapenos. You know, all that on there. There. Ga- so game day nachos cases. and poutine on the side. Absolutely. Oh, that's perfect. I love it. Well, Sherry, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're super busy, but thanks for taking the time to join us today. No, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Now, uh, can you just let our listeners know out there how they can, um, I I guess, not only pick up whatever they need from your store, from the cafe, and and how they can reach you and and just everything that our, our listeners need to know? Absolutely. Um, so probably the easiest way is just to head over to our website, generationgreenwpg.com, and from there you're going to be able to see everything we're doing with the cafe, with the store. There's links to our online store for shopping, and you can buy, like, order your cheese right there, too. As soon as we get it up, it's ready to go, And but don't wait. <laughs> we are hopefully going to be offering some subscription boxes uh, for cheese coming up in, you know, maybe a few months, but for now it's just when it's up. Anyways, that's probably the easiest, but otherwise we're located at uh, 433 Main and Bannatine in the Exchange, and we're open Monday to Saturday. All the hours and all that's on the website as well. Well, Sherry, hopefully we can come down in person and, and take our time and browse everything you got down there sooner than later. But in the meantime, good luck for La Vegan Week. Congrats on Hot Beverage Week. You guys are taking all the weeks. It looks <laughs> like you guys are on the up and up here. But again, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Take care. Well, that 
that does well that does it for us today again thanks so much for sherry Sobe for taking the time to join us today and again make sure you check out acorn cafe all the time but especially during vegan week which starts on january the 17th and again they're going to be rocking out a plant-based grilled cheese so you gotta check that out grilled cheese anyway is going to be delicious so super excited to give that a try and then again that place is in the exchange so make sure you give that a try uh, yeah, so that's it for us today. We're back on Tuesday in our final show before the start of the season. Woo! I'm jacked up if you can't tell. So it'll be a prediction bonanza. We're going to get into everything before the start of the season where the Jets finish, the winners of each division, uh, biggest surprises, disappointments, player predictions, over-unders, awards, all of it. It's going to be outstanding. Those are always my favorite shows. And then we can, you know, by the end of the season, see how much of an idiot I was and everybody else was and how many predictions we got wrong. I guess I'll give you guys a bit of a tease for that one. I don't have the Jets seventh in the North division. And then Friday show, boy, oh boy, we get to break down actual game action. The first game of 2021. I can't finally wait to talk some hockey with you guys. And we'll uh, we'll break down all the biggest moments from game one of a 56-game season against the Calgary Flames. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Until Tuesday, peace.